What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. Here with a good friend from college. His name is Calvin Walterhouse. Welcome, man. Thank you. How's it going? You know, it could be better, but it could be a lot worse. So yeah. We're doing pretty good. So we are day like full first full day of this little adventure this weekend reunion reunion of sorts yeah um there's six of us and we haven't seen each other all together in like a really long time about 10 years yeah crazy what do you uh how's how's the day and a half or half day or 24 hours been it's been really uh refreshing and uh i think uh you kind of see uh what ideas become reality Mm. both in your own life because you got these people around that are reminding you of things you cared about 10 years ago yeah so they're and they cared about similar things so it's interesting to see how everybody has uh taken those values and created mm. realities with them yeah i want 100 i agree it's been uh it's funny because we probably all have friends like that and i'm sure you have other friends as well but it's been cool to start off and like just see each other for the first time in like 10 years and also just to pick off where we left off pick up where we left off and uh just kind of go with the flow and like conversation and and even senses of humor yeah perhaps especially senses of humor yeah appreciation for those mm-hmm yeah um i would love to talk to you about just kind of like life from point a to point b kind of like where you're at now i know there's been a lot of things and we can just kind of get into it and see where that goes. But um, you're from the South Bend area. You kind of grew up here with your parents. You've got an interesting like background from that, like with as far as your family and um, then into college and kind of the adventures that you've been on since college and even in college in some ways. And would you mind kind of just taking us through like maybe – it doesn't even have to be like, I was born on this day, but you know, like from the beginning to kind of like where you are now and like how that, how you perceive that. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. I mean, we all met at Bethel, which is, you know, a small Christian liberal, liberal arts college mm-hmm. uh, here in Indiana, which for people who might not be familiar with Indiana, it's kind <laughs> of like the Shire and the Lord of the Rings or mm. the Hobbit. You know, it's this cozy place where people don't like to go on adventures or (laughs) changes to their routine or rhythms. Yeah. And they like to work and... uh, Yeah, kind of conservative in values as long as like religious views and whatever, which also translates to not necessarily stepping out or being more like adventurous, which maybe is what brought us all together in some ways. Yeah, that's... uh, at least a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, started out at Bethel, you know, wanting to follow in the footsteps of my grandfather and father mm. and, you know, just follow that. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe it's a little bit more than a career path, but ultimately, you know, that's what it was, you know, that family business career path. Yeah. And, um, you know, after, you know, my first semester, I realized that maybe wasn't for me, but. What was your major going into college? Uh, Christian Ministries. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I couldn't remember what you... I knew it changed as you went Yeah. On, so, yeah, I switched to international studies. And then, yeah, somewhere along the way, you know, I met our mutual friend, Tyler. And, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, we, we all had quite a few interesting <laughs> adventures in college, you know, here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. What was your switch? What was there... Do you, Is there anything you remember being, like from Christian ministries coming in, maybe kind of following in the footsteps of your, you know, carrying on the whatever legacy of your family. But what was the switch for you from Christian uh, ministries to? I really didn't want to learn Hebrew. Hebrew <laughs> class was kind of <laughs> kicking my ass. So. Dude, that class was terrible. 
yeah. I took that too. Um, and I was kind of like, uh, you know, maybe I'll just do something different. I don't have to learn Hebrew. He- Hebrew is one of those that makes you realize D's make degrees. <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, did a trip to Guinea, West Africa, um, for a semester as an internship for part of my mm. degree and really had a, yeah, I guess you could call it a bit of a wake up uh, yeah. or an epiphany there. Um, Is that your sophomore year? or uh, That would have been my junior, junior. year um, where it didn't seem right to me to be going to the other side of the world to tell somebody that the way they were living was <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Um, and then also seeing a lot of imbalances and discrepancies you know, between worlds and being there um, as someone from a country, perhaps with more economic resources and realizing that, you know, really wasn't in a just position to like make a fair analysis of the rightness or wrongness of somebody else's life. Sure. You know, and you know, that was a little bit of a change for me because it was like, it kind of changed the whole trajectory of, you know, the heroes I had worshipped ever since mm. I was a little kid. Yeah. And my reality structure began to change. And like yeah. Both what I saw for myself and how my future would be in this world began to change because the whole And everything you kind of knew prior to as yeah, well. Yeah, for existing, you know, yeah, I guess I really just began to see people as people mm. rather than like somebody that like you need to convert <laughs> to get more people on your team. Yeah. It's kind of like, wait, what? There are no teams. Like, where where did it come from? This, like, need to, like, distinguish which human beings are on your team and which ones aren't right. and why. And does it really matter? Yeah. yeah. And, and why am I concerned with somebody else's eternal salvation? What does that word even mean? Yeah. Like, there's, you know, just beginning the to really uh, question a lot of the dogma I was raised up in and... You know, I think maybe dogma and rhetoric have their use and their place in mm-hmm. instructing us and in, you know, um, guiding groups of people. But I think it's important to, uh, yeah, um, maybe look a little bit past just the words that make up a belief system and look at yeah. you know, what's what's the point. Right. You know? And so, yeah, and anyway, after that, I came back from Guinea and um, continued at Bethel. And I think yeah. we all began to um, be asking similar questions around that time yep. about how we treat, you know, the people around us. Yeah. You know, whether, regardless of where they fit into in our belief system. And, you know, we were all in an environment that was kind of a closed environment. Of, mm-hmm religious yes belief and i think everybody was kind of looking for finding their way kind of yeah. figuring out what how what, do we practice this rather than just talk about it yeah and especially our friends group and the guys that we've like that we're hanging out with this weekend and um that was definitely a catalyst for those conversations and an open group and an open discussion that we were able to have and like like-minded like you mentioned in the beginning so it fostered great communication and fostered good conversation that allowed us to kind of process through some of those different things. I mean, we were just talking earlier, um, and I brought up how Derek was influential. And the one question that he asked me is, why do you believe that? On it, And that was the catalyst for a lot of the breakdown of some of the things that I had really believed and had as I, what I thought was a foundation. But what I realized was, um, it was foundational, but it was what I just, what I'd known, what I was taught, what my parents believed. And it wasn't necessarily mine, hmm. you know? Um, and I think that is speaks to kind of what you were saying a little bit about like that breakdown of us all kind of trying to find our own way and figure out exactly what we believe and how we want to live our lives and, um, what that means to us and, and kind of going on from there that was probably a like similar time um when the calvert house idea kind of came about right yeah 
yeah, around that time. And then, yeah, I think the following school year we, yeah, I got together to live in a collective space to yeah pursue. And, and I think, you know, that kind of happened in a way different than we'd planned because the administration <laughs> uh, yeah. um, wanted to kind of uh, maybe monitor. have, yeah, monitor a little bit um, the activities of its students yeah and 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 uh, you know yeah maybe have a little bit of a hand in guiding that process so i think mm-hmm. maybe i think that was also an experience of learning how um, systems can be beneficial for people and institutions um, at the same time uh, different dreams and passions yeah stay alive better um outside of a cage <laughs> yeah definitely so the calvert house just to kind of summarize that is it was uh it was an idea that you guys i actually i don't know how much i was really involved in that communication but i uh it stemmed from like coming together bringing like-minded people together living intentionally in a community in a house and practicing the things that you believed uh with that included the faith beliefs and included um, just how we all kind of perceived treating people and humanity and individuals and loving our neighbors and community. And um, yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, basic things like, you know, shoveling the sidewalk for your elderly (laughs) neighbor. It's not, it's not superhero stuff. It's basic human stuff that, yeah, I think really transcends any particular belief system at the same time does get overlooked in the rush of day-to-day life yeah. it's easy to overlook the simple things that you can do to make a that make a big impact on yeah, people's lives and, and, and to create the reality that like you would want to live in it's like anybody can go outside and complain about mm. how terrible the world is or how many shootings there are mm-hmm. or you know how you can't trust your neighbors or you can go out and act in a way that um, fosters relationships Um, and it doesn't have to be anything deep it can just be like uh, you know yeah you shovel your neighbor's sidewalk when you see that they're moving slow yeah and you say hi right (laughs) simply saying hi and you know some of those things open up into relationships that can last a lifetime and others last 15 minutes and you don't ever mm-hmm. really know what's going to be what but right and it doesn't matter necessarily it's no. just treat it the same and go into that with the same mindset of like this is just what you do as a human being to kind of treat people and and honestly like everything you know this crazy face uno and this podcast like these moments and these times that we've all spent together in that house and, and whatever are a catalyst for some of this, you know, it's like shaped Mm. who I was at those times of how I've looked through different lens. And you guys all like challenge me big time in those ways. Like, I don't know that that was always, I always wanted to help people, but I don't know if I ever knew exactly what that looked like. And, Mm. and you guys kind of put in an image to that sometimes of, you know, coming back and be like, Hey, I met this really cool homeless guy. Like we just, we sat and talked about life for an hour. And, um, like this was my experience. We're going to meet up at such and such next week. Like, Oh, cool. You know, or, uh, simply like, yeah, I just raked the yard or I just shoveled the snow and, um, you know, like let's make sure we do that the rest of the winter or, (laughs) you know, like let's, let's keep up with that, like intentionality with our with our neighbors yeah and even you know stuff like you know within that of taking time to eat dinner together with Mm. with each other as friends as you know you know yeah we as you know animals are healthier when we're sharing yeah um it is possible to live in an isolated bubble and to like you know you can you can entertain yourself with your computer and your phone like (laughs) you don't need to talk to anybody and you can live and stay alive but it's like yep. what nourishes us is learning how to share and sit down and yeah spend time you know and sometimes working through uncomfortable stuff and sometimes just being content to yeah just be who you are and, and sit and do nothing drink some coffee together <laughs> yeah um do you do you have any like specific memories um well let me let me go let me say this um too and 
you're the first one I'm kind of talking to, so you get some these, I guess people get a little bonus, whatever. But, um, you know, one of the reasons that we've all actually been intentional about this weekend is because of Matt, who, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately took his own life a couple of years ago. And it really kind of shook our little, our small knit group of people, I think, of how much we actually care about each other and how much we really the value of the relationships that we've had and the importance in those placeholders that, that each of us have like held in, in our hearts and in our lives. Um, and I think that that's been kind of cool to see us like actually be intentional about like, let's get together. Let's do this. Like, I, I really do appreciate all of you guys. And, you know, some of it's like you've traveled the world and communicating is difficult sometimes throughout those different ways and yeah. and life just happens you know like we've all it's had life happen. lose track yeah at the same time um life is kind of its own uh, refinery yeah the connections that we're gonna last yeah some we're do gonna and last. some don't yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the, the true the... ones i think do yeah um and we've brought that on, brought that in and I, I just think that's a cool aspect of like us getting together and kind of being here um, and I just want to mention Matt, I guess, and, and kind of like give, pay a little respect to him. Yeah. In a sense. And, and after graduation, you know, Tyler and I went to Uganda through, you know, right. Matt's, Matt's dad, uh, you know, opened a connection for us to go there and, and teach for, um, a few months after school. And, you know, that, that was a pretty formative part of life and like, mm-hmm. and yeah, and in that process of living in that house together, I think. You know, he was definitely a catalyst. He was yeah. uh, a shit stirrer in all the best <laughs> ways. Like he if was. he saw something that he felt was wasn't right, or um, you know, or somebody could just use uh, some inspiration, he would uh, he would go to great lengths to yep either make the situation right or to just bring it to our attention yeah yeah bring it to our attention or, or show somebody that they were cared about yeah um yeah he definitely challenged the 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 status quo and like just challenged even some of the like um comforts and in, in some ways that we kind of like you that everybody falls into you know and like hey we've whether that's like in the house with the intention of the house yeah you know and bringing up some of those things like or just leading by example, he would do, mm-hmm. just go out and do his own thing. And, um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I know that you, you guys, like I, so my relationship with this house and with you guys is that I'm friends with all of you guys and I would just come over and I would sleep on your couch about three nights, three to four nights out of the week. And I had my dorm room that I'd also, you know, stay at or whatever, but I spent a lot of time with you guys and, um, I felt like a part, but also not at the same time, but. There, those, there's a fluid relationship uh-huh. there. Um, but I know that you guys had a lot of things that would go on when I wasn't there too, you know, like we just lived our own lives. Do you have any stories or like things that were like very, do you like remember most about that year or that time period that you lived in the house? Um, I mean... In some ways, it's a blur, and in other yeah. ways, there are. What's the first thing that comes uh, to mind? I was thinking of one day we had a snow day from school, and our neighbor Charlie had locked herself out yeah. of her house, and so we like had like you know we had to figure out how to break into her house and invite her in, and she was like in her pajamas, and we were all in our pajamas and had this yeah. like yeah like you know coffee breakfast party while we broke into her house it was like 15 <laughs> degrees below zero yeah and, a bonding moment like. uh-huh and yeah there was just a lot of stuff like that um yeah and i don't know speaking about with matt specifically like yeah i don't know just lots of moments finding a a hill or a parking garage to longboard and, yeah um, yeah you guys did that a lot i forgot about yeah that. um and it was kind of your it was twofold in some ways right like we wanted to be a part. We wanted to like reach out to, I mean, like we were, I would say that as a whole, the group was in very intentional about um, engaging with the homeless population in, in South Bend. Yeah. And sometimes that just meant like putting yourself in a situation where you might run into somebody or have a conversation or like to meet someone. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that 
was sometimes that. And some it's like a mixture of like, we're having fun. This is part of our life. Yeah. But also like we're in this area that we have the opportunity to meet new people and move, see what kind of a thing, like an impact we could have or a conversation we could have and learn about our community. Yeah. it's uh, And yeah, since then it's also been, uh, it's been interesting to see kind of how that has, yeah, continued after, you know, people have, gone away from here but it's like mm-hmm. yeah i feel like mm, yeah there are formative times in our lives where ideas get planted in our heads mm-hmm. and you know it's easy to think about you know your formative education is almost the <laughs> brainwashing right like yeah. you get told to walk like this to tie your shoes like yeah. this and uh, you know the social norms and and behave like this at the same time i think it can be a a useful mechanism for um yeah for planting and growing ideas um because i think that's i mean that's really what changes and creates the reality that we live in are the ideas that um we're cultivating in our in our minds and in our hearts and i think Yeah. yeah looking back at that time everybody you know like we we were sitting down and talking the other day it's like out of the the six or seven of us you know Mm -hmm. um you know four of us have been divorced yeah all of us but two of us have had children yeah and you know it's a lot of life has happened and at the same time we're able to relate and yeah find our commonalities and um and yeah and i think that's because yeah, in that time, like we planted seeds of of belief and practice into yeah, like, yeah, into the way we view the world. Um, and I think yeah, it just has to do with um, yeah, treating people with kindness. Yeah. I don't think it has to do with again, like we were as because like he was so passionate about being a voice kindness yeah and treating people as human beings and yeah he really was and he challenged you he challenged you if you if you weren't there you know yeah um kind of like you said he wasn't afraid to like speak up and yeah. be a little pot shitster but yeah but <laughs> in a good was, way but he was also willing to you know go on a trip to negotiate with the lra for the return of child soldiers right it's not it wasn't just talk it's like yeah he put his here's someone who like went and did yeah a lot of respect there for sure with like those with his actions and and i think he challenged himself with those types of things too you know like knowing that knowing that very that very yeah he knew like there are people who are in uh a dangerous and violent situation and I might have the possibility of helping them. And as yeah. long as there was a possibility of helping, he couldn't rest. And, you know, you know, I don't, you know, you never really know what's going through someone's mind as mm-hmm. they leave this bodily form. But it's like, I could imagine that being a lot to be thinking about all the time. Yeah. And, a little overwhelming maybe at yeah, times. And, and yeah, and, you know, yeah, maybe feeling responsible for something that, like, mm. isn't your responsibility. Sure. But maybe you can help. So, I don't know. It's it's hard to know. But. It's hard to know, yeah. What, <laughs> what, uh, what's important to focus on in, in life? Yeah. Um, you know, do you focus on, like, how much pain and suffering there is in the world and, like, ending it in some way? But it's like, there will always be pain and suffering. Right. Um, you know, and so how do you relate to that um, without becoming numb to it Mm. which is we've talked about it even this weekend just uh, as a group but i feel like there's been an element of that at least for me um of of figuring out like man i what's changed why why am i not for me it's been like one of the the catastrophes like why what why have I, why don't I not, why do I not care like I did in college? Mm. Why do I not have the same feelings? Why do I not have the same motivations? It's not that it's not there and it's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't, something's changed and I don't know why. Right. Mm. And been exploring that, that cycle. I, 
have a feeling it may be a little bit different for you in some ways, just with the like life that you've kind of lived since leaving college. But there's been a lot of life events too that I'm assuming you can probably relate in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you take, uh, you take those beliefs and then you, you live with them and, Again, it's kind of that refining process, like the things that are true that you believe in. Like you might get run through the ringer in life. You mm-hmm. might fail at a bunch of things, but like if if there are true parts to what you believe in, like those things will withstand the test of time. True. And if there are delusions or illusions, those yeah. things will get crushed by life eventually. Yeah. And and maybe that's an illusion as well that anything can withstand the test of time mm. like you know eventually you know things will change form um at the same time yeah i think in this you know mystery that is life and the way we navigate through it i think there are universal ways of finding kindness everywhere you know in the, yeah. all over the world it can be in the city or in the country you can be yeah completely isolated by yourself or in a large group of people and i think there is a very real mm, sentience to life mm. that like wants us to feel welcome here yeah um i'd agree and maybe this, maybe that's a good segue. Like you, so we, you graduated college, you and Tyler. Yeah. And then you went to Uganda. I know that you guys, that was a challenging time for both of you in different ways. Yeah. But it seems like that was maybe also like a catalyst for the next several years of your life. Yeah. I mean, it really was. I mean, and, and I think also for him and I, for our friendship as well, it's yeah. always been... You know, it was three months. It was an intense time. Um, you know, at the same time, looking at life now, three months is a short time. Yeah. At the same time, it, for us, it, you know, it's something like we it. still, yeah. we, you know, we still re-remember time. stories from, you know, <laughs> that time there, yeah. things we learned. And, and also, I think, you know, continuing kind of on that process of like, okay, I'm here to teach at this school, but really like I'm in a place where like I feel like these kids have so much to teach me and I don't really know what to say to them about why I'm here. So I think, you know, keeping humble is probably, um, an important, um, attribute to practice or work at. Um, Yeah. And, you know, life, life will work that process on us, you know, if we aren't. So um, at the same time, for yeah, for going into situations all over the world and different social situations, different cross-cultural situations, mm-hmm. it's important to remember that like, there's a lot I don't know here. Yeah. Um, and if I, and yeah. Just and because I, it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. And, and doesn't if, mean it's right, but if you like, go in explore with, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a learning mentality as opposed yeah. to like, I know how to handle this mentality. Mm. Um, and most, that's, most, that goes back to like the, the white savior complex and some of those types of things. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I feel like, yeah, most people are willing to share. Like if you are willing to learn. Yep. Um, and yeah. And, and culture really is fascinating in it. And it is so different all over the world. And at the same time, there are universal aspects to it. Yep. Um, I think that, and those are the, you know, I've done a little bit of traveling, definitely not as much as you have, but there's more things we all have in common than there are differences. Yeah. You know, and there, and the differences are like subtle, though they can have a big impact or like be very different. They're still subtle sometimes. Um, and you know, you, you're, you know, other language, so you speak Spanish. Yeah. So like, that's another element that like, I, I don't, or like going into another country, like you're able to communicate in a different way as well. And like, there's respect that kind of goes along with some of those different things and mm. allows you to have a different type of relationship with some of your, the people that you might meet in, um, within your travel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 
And I think that as well is like there's a, there's a balance there. You know, you let go of a little bit of your own identity as mm. an American, and also grab a hold of a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and you yeah you get to like explore. Yeah, it's like well, what what is it like to put on the costume of this culture? Yeah. Um, and I think at first it might feel like that, and then also after a while of you know speaking another language, you also realize it's changing you internally. Mm. You know, the manner of expressing emotions in this culture and in this language is a different one that like, yeah, yeah. it felt like I was just trying on this, you know, yeah. different way of speaking. But then it's actually like, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you're you're rewiring your brain, your brain, yeah. your the way your brain releases dopamine. And so it's like, which I, I personally feel is like the guiding force of the <laughs> evolution of it's, the human mind is yeah. that like we seek pleasure you know there's there's a reward mm -hmm. for you know growing in this new way and so yeah. the human mind expands into all these different directions because it fosters it, it, a good relationship with those and like because it wants to do that it fires off pleasure receptors and yeah. says do more do more yeah. do more um so, so you know you're like yeah after a while you do actually you know you change you know and that's you know what is identity who what is self that's a a, a broad question that has been answered a million ways and has never been answered um, but I think, you know, that is kind of why is because sure. it's changing depending on it's, it's innate the, within us. It's not something we it's like built into yeah. our human evolution of life or whatever. Uh, um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a lot to see in the world. Yeah. Um, Where did you go right after Uganda? After Uganda, I went to New Zealand uh, okay. to visit my brother. Yep. Um, he just had a he and his wife had had a new uh a new baby so i went to visit my nephew there and how many siblings uh, do you have just i've you, got Dory. my older brother and two younger sisters oh yeah gosh i forget uh, that sometimes you have you're one of four yeah cool. um, so you went there and then you went to australia uh, australia and then uh hawaii mm. and yeah it was it was kind of nice to um yeah just go through these places and and yeah i think uh I think there is a lot um, about traveling that that really feels like, uh, yeah, a journey into, yeah, the fabric of reality. Mm. You feel guided by unseen forces, you know. Yeah. You follow the kindness of strangers and. Yeah. And, uh, well, and Sam and Tony have talked about that, which hopefully we can get into that a little bit with them, but with their bike trip. Um, yeah. that they took you know from indiana and just some of those not necessarily having a plan or knowing where they're going to stay in every evening but felt that there was a guiding force in some ways or whatever that you know there's different names for that i think people call that different things but um that like when they when a storm rolled in how people seemed to show up yeah and become available and like help them and whether that's just cool we made it you know or is that something more that's kind of pushing that along yeah or is that just something we do to like rationalize in our head or yeah it is kind of, and, and it's kind of a mystery in it, and it's kind mm -hmm. of this constantly changing thing I mean, i've experienced that a lot hitchhiking where yeah just uh, do you have a, right... a moment in particular that you think of that like uh, if not it's no big deal but... i mean yeah it's it's kind of hard to describe but after um it's I noticed that after repeatedly hitchhiking on one stretch of highway out in California, mm -hmm. you kind of get a feel for, mm, you know, your ride was coming before it came. Yeah. And, and yeah, really feeling uh, connected to the forces of nature mm -hmm. and realizing like, yeah, I, I can like pray for a ride or I can ask this bird to... <laughs> you know, get me a ride. But either way, like there were very real connections where, yeah, maybe a thought would occur in your head and, and you, you just know, like, yeah, uh, I better get my bag together. There's going to be a car coming in five minutes. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like, yeah, it's very possible to have a lot of different relationships with reality. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, I think that if we're open to it providing for us, then mm. it will. Um, I think we just need to be open to uh, how it will appear. Yeah. I think, uh, 
Yeah. What and, the, interesting. I've never really thought about that in that way, I guess, you know, of like kind of perception, which I know you brought this up actually, but like, yeah, like how you, hmm, like you, if you need something like you're, for the example, like you need a ride or you're hitchhiking and kind of almost breathing that into existence in a sense of like, it may not look the way you want it to, yeah. how are you, but maybe that's what you need or maybe that's what's like. Yeah. And then also, yeah, you're now you're entering into like this car, this box that's flying down the road, <laughs> you know, you're entering into somebody else's reality. So you're going to be shaped by this experience. You're going to be shaped yeah. by the questions they ask. You're going to be yeah. shaped by their curiosity about what you're doing. And yeah, you know, you, something I really, to, uh, something I really believe is, um, life's meant to be shared. Hmm. Um, and whether you do it intentionally or not, you share. And it speaks to that. Like when you get in this vehicle or you get in this box, like you said, with another person, their questions, your questions, the look, the, you know, just a, a look can change the way you perceive things. Hmm. Just, um, the, the tone of someone's voice can, can change the way that we see things. Um, or perceive things through a lens, which is interesting. So there's so many of these different factors, but regardless of you're just walking down the, the, the street in South Bend and you pass by somebody, whether you look at them or not, you shared a piece of you with you, with them, mm. you know, you shared, they, they're going to internalize that differently. Maybe it has an impact on them that they're cognizant of, and maybe it doesn't, but like a smile, if you're walking down the street and you smile at somebody and they smile back at you or say hi. Like you affected change, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you shaped them kind of like what you're speaking to of getting in a car. And I think that that's really true. I mean, the way you handle situations to the way you look at somebody to the way you don't look at somebody, you still share a part of yourself with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think there are a lot of questions about, uh, you know, the meaning of life and, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just the pursuit. I think it's that's half the battle. I think that's part of the the purpose of life is pursuing purpose in mm. some ways, you know? Yeah. How do you ever, like, you can ask, how do you ever know if you reached your purpose or you found your purpose? I don't, I don't mm. know if you ever really know. And can you? Is that important? And that's why I say it's that journey of, like, you're always pursuing it. Yeah. And even if you reached it, isn't there more to it than that? So, like, yeah. then it goes beyond that. Yeah, how do we how do we grow in a way that uh, also allows us to enjoy the process of growing? Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah important. Like yeah, to be aware and maintain connectedness to the realities of others yeah. at the same time, realizing that we're also we're constantly creating. We're constantly creating oh, our experience. Yeah. We're constantly creating a communal experience we're you know sometimes it's a shared process and sometimes it's a very internal process that will react and interact you know in yeah. different ways with uh, yeah with the ideas of others mm-hmm. um, yeah and it, it is kind of uh, a question of uh, of free will sometimes maybe mm. of like how much are we actually choosing our own lives, our own existences, and how much are we following yeah. a pre-charted course that we occasionally have opportunities to to I've, deviate from? I definitely struggle with that. I remember my senior year in college was one of the times I really started to question that of like free will and choice. And as I struggled through my like religious questions anyway of like questioning my faith and questioning some of those different things um, of is it free will if you if if it is predestined like hmm. is it free will i don't know like i question that i don't i feel like it isn't it, it i have a trouble but then at the same time like just because just because you know the outcome doesn't mean that you're not choosing that that at the same time mm-hmm. or that's not I, I don't know it's it's complicated but and how many universes have we already had this conversation that's a ooh, that's a deep one. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of holes we could go down with that one. <laughs> uh, and will it be different this time? 
Yeah. Because it's this time. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Oof. Man, that one messed with my brain a little bit there. <laughs> um, so you went to... You went to New Zealand, you went to Australia, you went to Hawaii, uh-huh. came back for a little bit. Came back, lived in the shed at yeah, uh, Tyler's, Tyler's mom's house, house yeah. Yep. And, uh, and then, yeah, I went back to New Zealand to pursue a, a, a love affair with the future mother of my son. Mm. Salvador. Yeah, Salvador. Well, well, the love affair was with his mother, yes. Amaranta. But, um, Your son. Yes. <laughs> we made a, yeah, a beautiful little boy named salvador yeah um who's eight years old now but um yeah so we uh we moved we we lived in new zealand uh during her pregnancy and then uh went to argentina that's right um, and he was born there we uh and you is that where you started the bed and breakfast uh no we actually moved to brazil okay um you know a few months after he'd been born were you doing like gardening and like the was it or like the Selling fruit or what uh, was oh, we were doing? in New Zealand. We were selling fruit out okay. of vans on the there was road. Like yeah, an and element then, of that at some point in time. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, we had a bed and breakfast on the beach, a little vegetarian restaurant for a few years, and um, you know that was it was really challenging to have you know a new child in a relationship in a new culture. Yeah, um, and it was also really rewarding, really rich, um, you know, and um, we began to experience you know marital complications and sure um you know life happened um and so over the course of a year after having been there you know close to three years we um we parted ways and she went back to argentina and i yeah came up to california yep in the states and uh um yeah lived out in the in the forest in the mountains for a few years and you know have been able to you know visit with salvador some and that's cool um, so yeah, I mean, throughout all those travels, um, lots happened, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I've learned a lot about forgiveness and about, uh, love and yeah, compromise and kindness and anger and yeah, you've definitely had to deal with a lot, all, all of those and a lot of those for sure. Um, which now kind of brings you back in some way. I mean, that's a fast track of that time period, which is several years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But brings you to here. You sit back in South Bend. Yeah. You bought a property. Yeah. Bought an abandoned building. Mm-hmm. It's been abandoned for about 12 years. They wanted to tear it down. And uh, you've been working on it to keep it alive and to kind of build a dream that you have and something you have in your head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to uh, basically turn it into a, a greenhouse, uh, keeping it off grid. Um, just cause that's, that's something I've enjoyed. I guess you kind of call it a hobby mm-hmm. of figuring out, uh, you know, ways to live. Um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily even a more simple way. Um, at the same time, just a more, uh, maybe a quieter and a slower mm. way good way to put it um i like that and yeah realizing that uh there are uh, yeah there's opportunity everywhere to uh, Mm -hmm. to create beauty and uh, and i i feel that sometimes the easiest place to do it is where there's chaos yeah like it's easy to restore order like you can just clear a small space and you know, in the midst of chaos, a small bit of order. Yeah. Um, Big ripple. Has a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, we've, we fast-tracked your life for sure, and we talked about some different things. But, like, one thing I do, and I, I mentioned to you, I do like to ask, generally I asked at the beginning, is, like, what are three things we should know about you? But I, I think it's kind of cool to think about some of the things we talked about and, like, thought, like, now that people have, heard a little bit about your life what are you are a i don't think this is insulting uh you're a mysterious man right like you live a like it's a non-traditional lifestyle and you know tony keeps saying like you're an outlier you are like you are an outlier you don't fit in a box necessarily and you like challenge 
the status quo. And, and I think it's in a good way because I think it challenges, it's, challenged, it's always challenged us as a community and as a group of friends in a good way to like think outside of the box and think differently. Um, but I think it's just interesting. I would love to hear like maybe just what, how we, three things that you, or it could be more of like, what, what are the things that are important to you that you wish people knew about you or yeah. What are things, three things you wish people knew about you Um, or should know about you? Hmm. I, that's uh it's tough I it's know. kind of a tough one yeah i'm just gonna go with the first thing that popped into my head is i really like to climb trees yeah 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 love climbing trees and i think trees love being climbed <laughs> you know like, it's like something that joel would say <laughs> joel hartzell would be like i think they like being climbed yeah. i can hear him saying that well, you know, lots of trees get squirrels and birds in them, but very sure. few trees get to have a real live human being climb in them. So I think what about I think that it's an interactive. Well, it's an interactive process. Like there's a there's a subtle energy to trees, but it's like you can't argue that they're not alive. Mm. So where does where does sentience begin and end? Is it just yeah. with like you know, and like you talk to your dog, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. in English and sometimes just with like a look of the eyes. Yeah. So it's like. Why is it so crazy to think about like there being an interaction with like this tree as I'm climbing it? Like it'll like it will like actually show you like how to climb it. Like right. in some trees, it's like almost like an escalator sometimes sure. because like One yeah, you get an invitation to, next, to keep and... on climbing. Yeah, um, and other trees, you know, there's more like uh, uh-uh, you're not getting it. <laughs> yeah, which is and each tree is different. Yeah, just like each yeah. of us are different, and it also holds the weight. It's strong, you know. It holds yeah. us. And interesting. Yeah, cool. So there's one. Um, you got two more. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I believe in everything and nothing all at the same time. Mm. Do you unpack that just a little bit for us? Oh like uh, yeah, I think uh, that life is as limited as we decide to make it in our minds. Sure. Um, I think that um, reality can unfold in a number of ways, um, largely based upon perception yeah. and uh, what you are open to perceiving. Yeah. Which begs the question of what is reality in some ways, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's something that's incomprehensible at the same time. There's something about it that is willing to like hold you in the palm of its hand and be yeah. like, be amazed. <laughs> yeah. And don't think you're hot shit because you're yeah. in the palm of my hand. Yeah. Couple you know, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. For me personally, I don't necessarily resonate with the God word because there's a lot of like narrative storyline that goes along with Dogma. that, and like, and even like gender-based reality structures yeah. that go along with that. I think it's more just, yeah, you look into the eyes of a stranger and you realize, like, what have you seen? Yeah, like, and yeah, I don't know, and and I think maybe that has been like a large part of our. Uh, interactions with homeless people i think began to realize that like there's another world there's a whole other way of perceiving reality Mm -hmm. um that is no more or less legitimate than uh yeah and and yeah sometimes people are on the streets because their way of perceiving reality is not accepted um within you know what we call our current culture or the mainstream yeah Um, and, and there, there are a number of reasons why somebody would be in that position at the same time. Um, I remember, so I went on a camping trip last year before I got married. I was telling you about um, the intention was to write my vows. I didn't end up writing my vows on that trip, but it allowed me to think and perceive and think a lot of things. And I remember writing in my journal, um, when you look at a square, you know, just a foot, foot by foot by foot square in the middle of the forest it would take me a lifetime to discover the like Hmm. the magnitude of that just that foot by foot square 
right? Mm-hmm. Of like the world, the world that that encompasses. Because mm-hmm. if you zoom in, there's microbes that do different things, and to like, to comprehend just that square, yeah, is like blows my mind, right? And just to, to go deep into that world, and that's just that spot. You could do that anywhere in the world and put a pin right in any spot in the world, and that spot right there is going to be completely different than the spot next to it and have a different world and microbiome. And, like, you know, mm. it's crazy. And that's the, the minute, the macro, you know, that comes in. But there's also so much more to that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and what are we in this, uh, in this yeah. spec, you know? It's a and, very small part of that, but yet that's our world. That we, yeah, and, and, and we get the privilege of interacting with, you know, all of these other sentient creatures. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, ascribing to one belief yeah, and one practice is, um, yeah. I mean, at the same time, we use the language of people that have, you know, attempted to describe these things before us because that's what we've got. That's, yeah, you know, we will keep exploring and explaining because that's the kind of creatures we are. Yep. We want to explain. We want to understand, and so we try to, yeah, we try to put it into words the best we can. But it's so hard to. It's like looking at the Grand Canyon. You've been to the Grand Canyon, right? No, I've never been to the Grand no? Canyon. No. Okay. Well, all right. Name a. What's the tallest? Have you been to like a mountain that you like looked at and like took a picture of? And then for me, it's the Grand Canyon. Right. Yeah. You go to the Grand Canyon. You see a picture of the Grand Canyon. It's like, yeah, it looks beautiful. It's huge. Great. Cool. Then you go to the Grand Canyon, you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't yeah. put that into words. Like a, this picture doesn't actually do this entire thing justice. Like it doesn't, Yeah, I can't it's... really. Um, and I think that that's sometimes the same thing when we are, we try to put words to certain things that are just unfathomable sometimes. Yeah. But, so one more thing, What is there any, that one we've done two, what's one more thing we should know about you or you want to tell us about you? Uh. Let's see. Um, tough one. Tough one. Mm-hmm. Tough one. Third one. It's got to be the best one. Um, the best for the last. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you got me... Uh, I mean, I thought I, I might have said everything there already is. There it is. There we go. Um, I really like ham sandwiches. There we go. What about them? Do you have mustard or mayonnaise on them or just straight up ham sandwich? Uh, yeah, I mean, mustard, mayo. Cheese? Yeah, some cheese, some cheddar. White or wheat? Or um, wheat. indifferent? And, you know, I would also add that somehow sandwiches are always better when somebody else makes them. And I Ooh. can make a pretty good sandwich. You're right. But you know what? Every sandwich that somebody else has made for me is always better than any sandwich I've ever made for myself. And I wonder if that's the same with hmm. sandwiches that I make for other people. Yeah. I want to make or you a sandwich just... now. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of my trick. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I, I got to... Calvin, yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Love you, buddy. I love you too, man. I appreciate you sitting down and talking with me. Everybody, peace!